Welcome to the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Ned Jabbar. So let's start with a prayer. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day arose again from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. For this episode, I'm going to read from the second letter of Timothy by St. Paul, uh, from the third chapter. Uh, I'm going to read, starting from chapter 1. I'm sorry, verse 1, chapter 3. It's titled, Godlessness in the Last Days. But understand this, that in the last days there will come a time of stress, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, implacable, slanderous, profligates, fierce haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure, then lovers of God, holding the form of religion, but denying the power of it. Avoid such people, for among them are those who make their way into households and capture weak women, burdened with the sins and swayed by various impulses, who will listen to anybody and can never arrive at any knowledge of the truth. As Janus and Jambres, opposed Moses. So these men also oppose the truth, men of corrupt mind and counterfeit faith, but they will not get very far for their folly will be plain to all as was that of those two men. Now you have observed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, my sufferings, what befall me at Antioch and at, at Iconium and at Lasteria, what persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil men and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceivers and deceived. But as for you, continue what you have learned and, ha and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scriptures inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. 
The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I find it fascinating uh, that every time I pick something, either from St. Paul's writings, a lot of times from St. Paul's own writings, epistles, and even uh, from the other epistles, that Paul always seems to be warning us about a time will come where we will have bad teachers, bad shepherds, who will have corrupt doctrines and corrupt teachings and who will deceive and spread heresy. It seems amazing that we are getting this, that a lot of times the scriptures seem to be coming alive. Even when, let's say, the part we read in Exodus where Moses went up the mountain and stayed there for 40 days, and then the Israelites, along with Aaron, Aaron who was supposed to be the first high priest, sort of a pope for the Jewish people, suddenly they just threw their faith away. Not that I think their faith was strong. I don't believe their faith was strong at the time, but they went ahead and made an idol and decided to have an orgy. And Moses comes down and finds Aaron and the Israelites in a corrupt manner, uh, playing, having corrupt, immoral behavior. It's amazing. I believe that we are witnessing a time in the Catholic Church of that, because we keep hearing of these sex scandals, these immoral behavior and bad teachers. And it just seems to get worse. But at the same time, as Paul said, they will not get very far. So uh, we have to hold on. We have to believe that the Holy Spirit will guide us through this. That Christ, as Christ said, he will not abandon us. That the powers of hell will not prevail over his church. And there are good signs. There are positive signs. Um, I want to read from Church Militant. Um, this is, I'm um, sorry, not church militant. I'm sorry. It's from Life Site News. Pope Francis doesn't understand Islam. This is important to me because I come from a Muslim background and it greatly offends me what I'm reading here. I mean, the person is pointing out the Pope's ideology, his universalism, that he has not publicly allowed me to say he did not, he never publicly announced but he has, seems to be holding it privately, but he at the same time is playing it out publicly without making an actual official announcement that this is his views. Um, a friend of mine pointed out that the Abu Dhabi document that he signed says permitted will of God, not the will of God. It, there's a difference, and I think we'll go over it another time. This article was written by William Clippatrick of LifeSite News. Now, um, let's start reading it. October 4th, 2019, Turning Point Project. Is the Pope Catholic? Used to be a punchline. Now, sometimes you almost have to wonder, of course, I'm not suggesting that Pope Francis is a secret apostate or a Masonic agent. It's just that he seems dissatisfied with certain church teachings. 
What apparently rankles him most are Catholics' claim to exclusivity. For example, the belief that all men are saved through Christ Jesus and can be looked upon as an impediment to interreligious harmony. Francis, for whom interreligious harmony is a top priority, seems to see, see he seems to see it that way. Many of his statements seem to suggest he has abandoned the idea that Catholics should seek to convert others to the faith. On one occasion, for example, he referred to proselytism as solemn nonsense. That's true. He said that to Eugenio Scafari. Uh, Scafari mentioned that in one of his many, many interviews with Pope Francis. They're very close friends. Scafari is an old um, reporter. He runs La Repubblica newspaper. He uh, holds, uh, he's an atheist and he's a Marxist socialist. And he pretty much announced that in one of the um, articles he released during the Amazonian Synod that Pope Francis claimed that he didn't believe Jesus Christ was divine while he was on earth, that Jesus Christ emptied himself of his divinity and was just a mere human, which is, which, which is an old heresy, Arianism and other forms of heretical beliefs. Let's continue. Francis appears to believe that each religion provides its own path to heaven. If that's so, then people are best served by going deeper into whatever faith they already belong to. Thus, Francis once advised a group of Muslim migrants to read the Quran in order to find directions in their lives. He's beginning to sound more like the Dalai Lama and sound more like a universalist. He's definitely sounding like a, an old hipster uh, because they don't want to believe there's only one way to God that there are many paths to God, which Catholicism does not hold. It's considered her heretical. As he wrote in Evangelii Gaudium, Francis believes that all religions have shared beliefs. Where those beliefs don't overlap so neatly, he seems perfectly happy to blur the lines. A good example is the uh, Abu Dhabi, Declaration on Human Fraternity, signed by Pope Francis and Ahmed Al-Tayyib, the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar, in February. This is the part here we're going to look into very carefully. Uh, I think one day we're going to have to read the Abu Dhabi document and to really break it up. I'll try to find a copy of it. A particular concern is the statement that pluralism and diversity of religions are willed by God. That's quite a concession for Francis to make. Uh, actually, it, it, I'm sure it said, like my friend told me, permitted will of God. It's different than the actual will of God. It's quite a concession for Francis to make as it contradicts Christ's claim that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. From John chapter 14, verse 6. A Swiss bishop, Marianne Algenti, puts it, the unique and universal meditation of Jesus Christ is eclipsed in the Abu Dhabi Declaration. That's right. If you say that this pluralism 
which is exactly what it is. It's the philosophy of pluralism, which is also universalism, and the, that the diversity of religions are willed by God. That's, you know, in a sense, it contradicts the exclusiveness, ex exclusivity of Jesus, that Jesus is the only way to God. And there's nothing to be ashamed about because remember, Christ said he is the way, the truth, and the life. So this contradicts a lot and is actually very puzzling. Just so, but there are many other problems with the document besides God's supposed endorsement of variety of contradictory religions. In their commitment to inclusion, the drafters of the document, mostly Catholics, one assumes, end up saying things that are true neither of Catholicism nor Islam. This is the part here where we have to really examine it. Islam has their own theology. They have their own creed. Muslims do not believe Jesus Christ is God. Christians, Catholics, Orthodox Christians, Protestants, born-again Christians, they tend to agree, almost, except that maybe their understanding of the theology is different, but all believe that Jesus Christ is God. This is important. So let's get to the contrary to the evidence. The Declaration assumes that one common religion already exists in the set form, and that the teachings and values of all religions are essentially the same. Thus, the values of tolerance and fraternity are promoted and encouraged by religions, and therefore these tragic realities, hate, extremism, and violence, are the consequences of a deviation from religious teachings. Terrorism, for example is not due to religion. It is due rather to an accumulation of incorrect interpretations of religious texts. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. That's not true. That is absolutely not true. That's completely false right there. Um, he, uh, he really doesn't understand that Muslims hold two different view views. There's the House of Islam, and there's also the house of war. Um, Islam believes that it has to go out into the world and remove all contradictories that are to Islam. They believe that they are the final revelation and that the Jews and Christians have corrupted the faith. And therefore that they, are, uh, they were revealed to Muhammad to bring the truth back into the world. And both Christians and Jews are accused in the Quran of corrupting their religion. I disagree with him about this one. This is ridiculous. So, they're saying that it's a misinterpretation, that Muslims are misinterpreting their own religion. These tragic realities, deviation from religious teachings, terrorism, for example, is not due to religion, it is due rather to an accumulation of incorrect interpretations of religious texts. And as I said, that is not true. That's absolutely a naive attitude. If that's so, how is it that many Muslims in so many different parts of the world interpret the Quranic texts in exactly the same way? Namely, as a justification for jihad.
how would you interpret? Then, when the sacred months are over, kill the idolaters, wherever you find them. This is from the Quran, the, the ninth book, verse 5. There are, actually, they're sometimes referred to as surahs. And, you know, basically you could number them. Um, the ninth chapter, book number nine, verse five. There are over a hundred similar texts in the Quran. By contrast, there are very few texts of love thy neighbor as thyself variety. Now, you have to understand, I remember uh, the blind sheikh, Sheikh Abdul Rahman. He was one of the, 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 the sheikh that actually made the first planned the first attack against the World Trade Center back in the 90s. I believe it was. Yes, uh, he was the blind sheikh, and he was teaching in Brooklyn, I believe, in a place in Brooklyn here, and I, I guess in New Jersey. And there, um, there is a man uh, who was a, um, I think he's a convert to the, the Catholic Church, a Muslim, and he was studying in uh, in Cairo, and he had this blind sheikh as his teacher. And he asked him, because you see the Quran has two, uh, you can break them up. There is the Mecca verses and the Medina verses. Now, the Mecca verses are the earliest uh, so-called so revelations that the Prophet Muhammad had. And the early revelations tried to use universalism between Christians, Jews, and Muslims, claiming that they are all uh, this, uh, believers, followers, disciples of Abraham, and tried to say that they were both brothers and sisters. Muhammad was hoping that the Christians would accept him as a prophet, but they didn't. Later on, when he was rejected in the Medina verses, it turned from brotherhood, universalism, to damnation on the Christians and Jews. And the blind and this this man brought this up to the blind sheikh, and the blind sheikh said, Sheikh Abdul Rahman said to him, "My son, jihad is the very heart and soul and life of Islam, the beating heart of Islam. Without jihad, holy war, Islam cannot survive." So he clearly understood that. Jihad is the heart and soul of Islam. That Islam came into existence through war. Problem is, is that many Western people who have developed a universalism attitude, which is very extremely naive, you basically, you are cookie cutting everybody. You're placing everybody in a cookie cutter. One size fits all. You know, move, remove Catholicism from its spot, you could put Hinduism there. Same size, same difference. And you see them all the same. That's the, the philosophy of also relativism and modernism uses. It doesn't want to pay attention to the differences. It wants everybody to be the same. A clone which basically will take all the good stuff from Islam, will take all the good stuff from Hinduism, will take all the good stuff from Catholicism, will take all the good stuff from 
from uh, whatever other religion, Buddhism and whatever other religion there is, and will make a beautiful salad out of it. And everybody will eat from the same bowl. And this will be the new religion of the world. And this absolutely stupid. It doesn't work that way. And, you know, technically, but what, what happened with Muhammad was he found out, you see, he didn't understand doctrines and dogmas. And he didn't understand that Judaism and Christianity are unique religions with a long history. I mean, of his time, Christianity was almost like five, six hundred years old. Judaism was several thousand years old. But he didn't understand. There, are, there were no more revelations. As it says in the Catechism, as some of the saints said, God said everything he had to say to the world through his son. He has nothing more to say. And Muhammad does not fit that category. Nor does he fit the category in the Jews with the Jews as a prophet. And that's exactly what happened when he got rejected. His pride was hurt. So uh, let's go back. Okay. Uh, so after there is no, there's very few texts that say, love thy neighbor. In fact, Catholic apologists for Islam are reduced to citing the same three Quranic verses over and over because there just aren't that many to pick from. As it happens in the document on human fraternity begins with a paraphrase of the most frequently cited verse. Whoever saved a human life shall be regarded as having saved all of humanity. This is from the Quran, chapter 5, verse 32. Unsurprisingly, there's no mention of the very next verse, which I know this very well. Those that make war against God, Allah, and his apostle, referring to Muhammad, and spread disorder in the land shall be slain or crucified or have their hands and feet cut off on alternate sides. Surah chapter 5, verse 33. There you go. They never read that verse. They never read that part of verse. So you see what I'm saying. Remember what I mentioned that jihad, those that make war against God and his apostle. Now, war can mean simply denying and rejecting the apostle. That's what it means. Rejecting him. You make war against God by rejecting his messenger. And so therefore you have to punish them. That's, that's the thinking. Pope Francis and other Catholic apologists for, uh, for Islam claim, as apologists for Islam, claim that terrorist leaders simply misunderstand Islam. If that's the case, then the very first person who misunderstood Islam was Muhammad himself. Who, who commanded that the hand of a thief be cut off. The life of Muhammad, which after the Quran and the Hadith, the Hadith is a collection of sayings. You don't get the life of Muhammad in the Quran. You get the life of Muhammad in the traditions, a book, a collection made by his followers. So there's no story about Muhammad's birth. There's no story about Muhammad's mission. Everything is the revelation and the story about his life. You have to look in other traditions. And of course, remember, the Quran does not tell his story. You're getting his story from his followers. 
and often it's generations uh so and so who hurt so and so and who and who got it from so and so that's a very semitic way of doing things and then what happens is you get the whole life of muhammad through those sources unlike we have the collection of gospels which were written by uh, we catholics believe and other you know the entire church believes from the very hands of the apostles so they're copies naturally of course after uh 400 years 500 years you got to understand that the original manuscripts are gone so these people recorded it they wrote it down they copied it from other copies and of course if they're sacred to you yeah you're going to try to be as careful as you can not that there aren't going to be mistakes but technically it the whole was preserved um with islam is different it's a different how you how you uh read about muhammad is totally different now um as I said, from the Hadith, the tradition and sayings of the Prophet, is considered the most important source of Islamic truth as essentially a record of Muhammad's jihadist exploits. Approximately two-thirds of, it, of its 800 pages detail Muhammad's jihad raids, his beheadings of captured prisoners, his slave trading, his endorsement of rape and sex slavery, and his use of torture. Sorry, folks, that's exactly what you get from the Hadith. Did Muhammad misunderstand Islam? For that matter, does Grand Imam Al-Tayyib misunderstand Islam? Yes, he did sign the document on human fraternity, but Muhammad signed the Treaty of um, Hudabiyah with the Meccans, too. That was a great PR stunt, but it wasn't worth the paper it was written on. Al-Tayyib doesn't misunderstand Islam, though Francis appears to. He must be acquainted with the darker aspects of Islam, and yet he seems, to sh he seems sure they have nothing to do with true Islam. <sighs> you know, that's the problem with idealistic people. Idealistic people don't want to look at the facts of history. I mean, I like the fact that they're optimistic, but they're not practical. They're not practical in their thinking. I'm sorry. It's just not practical thinking. You, you have to look at the facts in front of you. How, how Francis and all these idealistic people do, do it, I don't know. So, let's continue. Okay, this part here is called such an approach help. I'm sorry, such an approach helps to burnish Islam's image. But what does it do for Catholics? Primarily, it misinforms them. Readers of the document on human fraternity will be left with a false impression of the Muslim faith. They will come away with the conviction that Islam is a member in good standing of the fraternity of of great humanitarian religions, but in short, they will conclude that there's nothing to worry about. This impression won't be left to chance. A multi-faith committee has been set up to ensure that the principles of the document will be, uh, will be uh, spread throughout the world. 
with this mean what this means in practice is that the Arab leaders will help set up a few um, study centers, villages, it, like centers to ostensibly ostensibly study human fraternity, while the Catholic Church will rush appropriately to adapt versions of the one world religious humani- uh, humanism into every Catholic seminary, university, high school, and kindergarten on the planet. It's it's unbelievably silly. It has a very naive attitude. It is. It's very naive. It's, I don't know. I'm very disappointed in this. It, I really am. I've never liked uh, optimistic, naive people. I never really liked that attitude. I mean, Christ said to be subtle as serpents, but gentle as doves. It seems to me that, I don't know. I don't know. You know how they say, don't drink the Kool-Aid? Well, don't drink the mate. That's what I'll say. Just don't drink the mate. Don't touch it. Because whatever Pope Francis is drinking, I don't want it. It's ridiculous. Um, okay, so they're going to set up study centers. Catholics are already badly misinformed about Islam. The Abu Dhabi statement, once it is widely disseminated, will not only serve to enforce their naiveness, that in turn will leave them unprepared for the next step in what has become a predictable progression. The next step is Islamization. That's not a word one hears very often, especially in polite Catholic circles. But some Catholics can't afford to be polite. For Father Valentin Abina told Crux that in, the, in Nigeria, Fulani Muslims killed almost 9,000 Christians and other non-Muslims in recent three-year period as part of a program for the Islamization of Nigeria. President Bahari and those in power turn a blind eye to the activities of Fulini and Boko Haram. He said because they want to make sure the book, the the um, Boko Haram, I'm sorry, he wants to make sure the whole country becomes a Muslim country. Apparently, President Bahri, a member of the Fulani ethnic group, didn't get the message from Abu Dhabi. Otherwise, he wouldn't understand that Islam is a religious is a religion of peace, love, and human fraternity. On the other hand, perhaps the elderly president has a f- firmer grip on Islamic principles than does Pope Francis and his advisors. If so, he would understand that the Islamization of Nigeria is not a deviation from the teachings of Islam. It's very nearly the first principle. As Muhammad said, I have become com- I have been commanded to fight against people till they testify that there is no God but Allah. Okay? This is uh, from a book, a Muslim book. Uh, it might be from the Quran, I'm not too sure. Uh, indeed, the whole purpose of Islam on earth is to bring the house of war. Remember I mentioned that. 
to non-Muslim territory. Non-Muslim territory is a house of war. And under the rule of the house of Islam. Yeah, there's the house of Islam and the, there's the house of war. That's correct. Islamic teaching mandates not only that Nigeria be Islamized, but also Europe, Canada, the U.S., and the entire globe. Only at that point, from an Islamic point of view, can peace and human fraternity be achieved. Bahri understood that Al-Tayyib, uh, Bahri understands that, understands that. Al-Tayyib understands it. Catholics can allow themselves to be misinformed on this point. The astonishing ignorance of these basic teachings on the part of Pope Francis and his advisors doesn't make for a more harmonious world. It makes for a more dangerous one. Those who buy it into their fantasy view of Islam are in, are in for a rude surprise when they encounter the real thing. And that's basically referring to Islamization. All right. Um, this article originally appeared in the September 25th 2019 edition of crisis it is published here with permission from the turning point project that is from uh life site is saying here okay so the question i'm going to ask was i wrong pope francis to convert was i wrong to come to faith in jesus christ am i a fool for accepting and believing in the gospel and believing in the creed, the principles and teachings, I was happy when I converted. I was happy that I finally can call Jesus Christ my Lord. I, I was happy and proud that I can receive Holy Communion. I was very proud and I wanted to be a good Catholic. I, I, I still want to be a good Catholic. I still want to be a good Catholic and I still want to, I want to proclaim Jesus Christ as my Savior. I love receiving him in Holy Communion. And I've learned. I actually, I learned a lot. I learned a lot and I also felt sad and terrible when I, when I see that the Pope, the Pope of the Catholic Church, this particular Pope, seems to be watering down the message of Christ, watering down the message of the Gospel. I don't like this. I don't like what you're doing. I'm sorry. I disagree tremendously on what you're doing to the faith. You're still my Pope. You're still my Pope. And as long as you are legally my Pope, but the fact that you are spreading a seed of confusion, to me, unfortunately, it's dangerous for someone like myself because... I want to follow legitimate authority, like Dr. Taylor Marshall said. Okay, I disagree in how you're going about this. I pray, I want you to be a good Pope. I want you to remain, I want to be proud of you. I don't want to, I don't want people making fun of you. I don't want people thinking you're naive. You're supposed to be my shepherd and my Holy Father. You probably, I'm sure, wouldn't care less about this podcast but I'm sure you might have some people from the Vatican going around searching the internet, going through everything. And, you know, they probably came across this. But unfortunately to me, you're scaring me. You're frightening a lot of people. I don't like the direction you're going. I don't like the men you surround yourself with. 
They're dishonest men. They're deceitful men. A lot of them are perverts. They don't believe. They fit all the category that St. Paul warned us about. I really am. I'm sorry. But you have been a big disappointment and you have broken my heart. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe Jesus Christ is the Word of God. I believe He's the divine Logos. I believe He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. I believe He is the Word incarnate. I'm sorry, but I disagree with you. I disagree the direction you're taking the faith. Please, please pay attention. We need a good leader. We need a good Pope. I'm sorry that this is happening. I'm going to end this with a prayer to Christ the King. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. O Christ Jesus, I acknowledge thee, King of the universe. All that has been created has been made for thee. Exercise over me all thy sovereign rights. I renew the promise of my baptism. I renounce Satan and all his works and all his pomps, and I promise to live a good Christian life and to do all in my power to procure the triumph of the rights of God and thy church. Divine heart of Jesus, I offer thee my poor efforts in order to obtain that all the hearts may acknowledge thy sacred royalty and that thus the kingdom of thy peace may be established throughout the universe. Amen. Let me just say one more thing. I still will pray for him. I will still pray for Pope Francis. And I will still pray that he could change, that he could wake up and realize that he's taking the church a different direction. I don't believe in hating the Pope. It's a struggle. It's a struggle to, to, to believe uh, that he is my Pope. And it's a struggle to like him and to pray for him. I'm not going to lie. I've had a hard time with Pope Francis, but I'm going to continue to pray for him. So please pray for Pope Francis, say a rosary. Another thing I want to say to everybody, uh, if you could recommend this podcast to other people, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, please subscribe. Um, and please, please pray for the Pope. Pray for the Pope. And don't get, you know, don't get frustrated with all this. I know it's tough, but please pray for the Pope. Remember, Jesus Christ is our King. He's our Savior. He's our God. Jesus, Jesus Christ conquered the grave, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. Amen.